I'm Andrew Schweitzer, and you're listening to the Boxing for Free podcast. I didn't do a podcast immediately after the fight with Canelo because I I felt that I was kind of rushed. I really wanted to get my thoughts uh, down on paper and put them out. But um, I'm going to air some thoughts that I didn't have... Uh, I didn't put them on the blog, so I'm just going to air them right now. Looking back at it now, I think that the decision to stop the fight by Tony Weeks was the correct one. Before, I was kind of waffling, like, hmm, you know, I'm not too sure on this, but at the same time, no, looking at it now, I I watched it again, and I thought, you know what, that was the right decision. I think why a lot of people were upset was simply because it was just this single uppercut that came out of nowhere and all of a sudden Weeks stepped in. And me and this other guy who were watching at the bar, we just we just stopped and said, oh, that, they're stopping it now? Uh, that That's probably why a lot of people were upset. Uh, apparently Canelo was getting a lot of boos. Some people were pelting garbage at him. They, they turned the broadcast off kind of quickly, um, which, uh, you know, upset me. It's like, well, hold on, I, I still wanted to watch this, but I guess there's there was some hockey game on. Who who gives a crap at this point? But, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, Weeks definitely made the right decision. It's easy for us as fight fans to say, no, Cane- or Angulo can keep going, but remember, Weeks is just a few feet away from Angulo. So he can hear how loud these shots are that are, you know, bouncing off of his head. And let's be honest, and no disrespect to Virgil Hunter. This guy knows more about boxing than I ever will or probably ever hope I will learn. But um, Angulo was not coming on strong. He was not, you know, starting to take over. That is like when General Custer apparently told his men, you know, we've got them on the run. This was at the Battle of Little Bighorn, and then he, him and his whole brigade were wiped out. So, no. No, no, no. He, Angulo was not coming on strong. I, I was getting into a, a little bit of a debate with uh, somebody on Twitter over this, and they said that uh, that Virgil Hunter was speaking trainer talk to Jim Gray. Now, can somebody explain to me what in the blue hell is trainer talk? Sorry, use trainer talk when the fight's going on. He said... Uh, the, the guy on Twitter was saying to me, oh, he didn't want to throw Angulo under the bus. Well, gee, I mean, Angulo kind of looked like he'd been hit by a bus, so, I mean, throwing him under... No, he wasn't throwing him under. You just have to say, no, he shouldn't have stopped the fight. My man was still standing. He wasn't hurt. It was a premature stoppage. It shouldn't have happened. But don't... He doesn't have to lie and try to pull the wool over our eyes and say... Um, that he was coming on strong. That's... We're not that stupid. At least I'm not that stupid. I, I don't I don't know about other people, but, um, no, Angulo was not coming on strong. He wasn't doing anything effective. I couldn't even give him a round. 
looking back at it, I, I can't remember which one, but I thought, you know, oh, maybe I'll give him this one round, but no, because Canelo was doing so much better. I mean, frick, he was borrowing the shoulder roll from Floyd Mayweather. That was an exciting part of the fight. That had me, you know, smile, smiling and kind of clapping my hands saying, hey, good job, kid. This is really exciting. So, um, unfortunately, Angulo is probably reduced to journeyman status, kind of a gatekeeper, just sort of a name that other up-and-coming fighters will try to build a name off of. He was not coming on strong. Don't try to convince me otherwise, because it won't work. Now, what's next for Canelo Alvarez? There, uh, there were talks of him possibly facing the winner of the upcoming showdown between Sergio Martinez and Miguel Cotto. I'll be talking about that a little bit later on in the podcast. But this, uh, Eris Lara was actually at the fight, and he showed up at the press conference, uh, the post-fight press conference, and asked Canelo, come on, when are we going to fight? And Canelo said, oh, well, you don't make fights this way, which which sucks. It can't be, oh, I just want to fight the best, and then when one of the best comes up and says, hey, when are we going to fight? It's, well, hold on, l- let me talk to my managers. We must go through the proper channels and all that. No. Come on. But, uh... There's some uh, some good news if you're a Lara fan like me. Chepo Reynoso, who is the manager for Canelo Alvarez, said that Arislandi Lara is an option for Canelo down the road. Quote, Lara is an option too. What he did by challenging Canelo is not a big problem. He did his job because he knows that he can generate a lot of money by facing Canelo. In general, super welterweight is difficult to find good opponents. We are not yet ready to move up it up into middleweight. Canelo does well at 154 or 155 pounds, but perhaps we'll look for people who want to fight at an agreed weight. We know that Saul is ready to fight with the best in the world, and we have to continue working. Sometimes there aren't a lot of opponents, but sometimes there are many. This kind of feels like the moment where there aren't a lot of opponents, unfortunately. Face it, uh, Alfredo Angulo, like I said, his status has been reduced. Carlos Molina, uh, he's got lots of legal troubles. James Kirkland, well, he's on HBO, and with the Cold War going on between networks and promotions, uh, unlikely, unless Kirkland wants to, you know, break ties with whoever's promoting him now. Wouldn't shock me. And you know, people don't want to wait too long for him to face the winner of Martinez Cotto. So, Lara is an option. Uh, apparently, there uh, Reynoso is going to meet with Golden Boy in a few weeks to discuss uh, possible opponents for a July fight. Right now, Arislandi Lara does have a fight scheduled with uh, former champion Ishe Sugar Smith who uh, was defeated by Carlos Molina in his last fight. So, if Lara can make quick and easy work of Molina, that will be... that'll be easier for him to help generate interest in a fight with Canelo. Also, he has been upgraded by the WBA to uh, its regular champion, which which is kind of confusing. I, 
I really hate all these stupid sanctioning bodies and their this is our regular champion, this is our super champion, interim, you know, youth champion, super mega, super smash hit champion. Just shut up! There should just be one guy with a belt, that's it! If you if you want the belt, beat that guy with the belt. Don't have this belt that's a different shade of color. It's such crap. Nobody wants that. Anyway, so we'll see what happens with Lara and Canelo down the road. Moving on. Undefeated junior welterweight champion Danny Swift Garcia is facing off this Saturday against Mark uh, Mauricio Herrera in Puerto Rico, which is the uh, home country of Garcia's mother and father. It's nice to see that uh, Showtime and Golden Boy are starting to build this guy's reputation because I think it's well deserved. He's looked dynamic in mo in most of the fights that I've seen of him. I thought that uh, the way he beat Lucas Matisse was really amazing because I picked uh, Matisse to win by knockout and I think round nine and the way he was able to just make Matisse look amateurish almost I, I thought it was just great but I don't know I'm not in the marketing business but the commercial that they have with Danny Garcia I don't think they use the right music because they make a big deal you know Garcia's of Puerto Rican heritage He's from uh, Philadelphia, but um, I don't know. J just listen to the music they use in the commercial for this fight, and I don't know. It just—it doesn't feel right to me. I'm coming home. I'm coming home. Tell the world I'm coming home. Let the rain wash away all the pain of yesterday. Am I alone on this? That music sounds like something NBC would use to promote a very special episode of one of their crappy sitcoms. Don't believe me? Listen to this. This Wednesday on Sean Saves the World, Sean does something completely stupid no one would ever do in real life. This Wednesday on NBC. Come on, it's not that bad, is it? Anyway, I think this is a fight simply to show off Garcia's skills. Herrera is uh, 33 years old. He's uh, got a record of 20 wins, 3 losses, 7 wins by way of knockout. And according to BoxRec, well, he, no, he's never been knocked out, but uh, his last two opponents don't exactly inspire a lot of confidence of the chance of an upset. So... I think that Garcia will win probably within five rounds. Where does he go from here? Well, to be honest, he did the smart thing by not pursuing a fight with Floyd Mayweather. It's kind of like he's saying, I'm going to pursue my own destiny. I'm not going to try to chase something that everybody else is after. I'm going to build my own legacy. I think that was a very smart move, and I actually thought that he was going to be pegged to be Floyd's next opponent. But uh, it didn't happen. That's going to be Marcos Maidana, or maybe the legal system, but we'll get to that later. Um, no, it, it, it should be a good fight, a good showcase of his skills. So 
looking forward to that. On the undercard of uh, that fight will be Deontay Wilder taking on... Oh, sorry, I lost his name here. Malik Scott, uh, the uh, once-beaten American heavyweight. He's got a record of 36, uh, 36 wins, 1 loss, 13 wins coming by way of knockout. Wilder, of course, the undefeated bronze medalist from the 2008 games. 30 wins, 30 knockouts. Th this should be interesting because uh, going by uh, the looks of uh, Wilder's record, I'd have to say that Scott is probably the best opponent that he's faced thus far, or the opponent with the best record, let's put it that way. I actually got an email from my dad the other day. He had a highlight of Deontay Wilder's knockouts, and my dad just wanted to know, who is this guy? Uh, Wilder's getting a lot of attention. Hopefully, after this fight, we can see a big step up for him. People would love to see a showdown between him and one of the... Kl or, not one of the Klitschko brothers. It's just THE Klitschko. It's just uh, Vladimir Klitschko now, because Vitaly's fighting bigger fights in the Ukraine right now. But... No, I uh, I hope that this leads to bigger and better things for Deontay Wilder. A fight between him and Tyson Fury, that would be great. Uh, we're obviously not going to get the David Hay fight because David seems to keep waffling between retirement and, oh, my shoulder's doing a lot better. I, you know, let, let's just see Deontay Wilder versus Tyson Fury. That would be a really, really good fight. So, um... Malik Scott, he's uh, only been knocked out once. TKO in six rounds. That was not his last fight, but the fight before that. Uh, that was a uh, loss to Derek Chisora. Uh, that was in July of last year. I think that Wilder will probably knock Scott out within two or three rounds. That's just my prediction on that. Moving on, there is some bad blood developing between Miguel Cotto and Sergio Martinez for their uh, June 7th middleweight championship fight and bad blood is always good for promotion and hopefully good for the fight. Uh, Sergio Martinez referred to Cotto as a diva and also compared him to a 16 year old girl. Yeah, that. I mean granted Cotto, when you see him crying, it's like, oh, God, it's like that drunk chick at the bar. She just, you know, she feels ugly. But no, uh, Martinez is feeling slighted because he's going to be uh, introduced first, and he has to walk to the ring first, even though he is the champion, and Cotto is the one challenging for his belt. He even uh, Martinez was quoted as saying, I can imagine he's going to ask for rose petals, otherwise he won't walk into the ring. Uh, you know what? I, I, I have to slightly agree with Sergio. I don't think it's entirely right that Cotto be introduced uh, last and walk to the ring last. You know what? If... If there is that stipulation, have Cotto walk to the ring last, but have him be introduced first. 
Let, let, let's not forget that Martinez is the champion, and this isn't the first time that he's been treated like this while he's the champion. Remember his rematch with Paul Williams? Uh, that fight was also at a catchweight of, I think it was 158 pounds, and they also introduced Paul Williams uh, second. And even though I am a big fan of Paul Williams, and I was rooting for him to win that fight, I didn't like that. I thought, oh, come on, you know, there's there's tradition, and you, you have to honor that. The champion always gets, gets introduced last. So, uh... Hopefully the 24-7 uh, series between those two is good, and yeah, holy crap, Andrew Schweitzer is looking forward to an HBO 24-7 series, but hey, it should be good. <laughs> Moving on. Earlier in the podcast, you uh, heard me mention something about Floyd Mayweather's next fight being with either Marcos Maidana or the legal system. Now, if you haven't been on the internet for the past few days, or, I don't know, maybe if you've been in a cave, and, and I really don't like doing this because I, I look at the source and I just say, why, why should I even? But uh, considering the attention that it is getting, I am going to read you a story from TMZ.com. God help us one and all. Floyd Mayweather allegedly orchestrated a savage attack on two of his employees he suspected of stealing his jewelry. Sources familiar with the situation tell TMZ Sports the two men had been hired to work on Floyd's Vegas homes, but when jewelry went missing, Floyd pointed the finger at them. We are told that the men claimed they were contacted several weeks ago and instructed to meet Floyd at an off-site location. When the men arrived, they claimed Floyd was waiting for them, along with a number of his quote-unquote people, who proceeded to beat the living crap out of them with weapons, and uh, weapons including clubs. Sources say the attack was so brutal that the men could have easily died. Both men had broken arms and legs and were hosp hospitalized for several days. We're told that the men are adamant that they never took anything from Floyd, and it appears that Mayweather realizes that now. But here's the problem for the champ. Sources familiar with the situation say the attack amounts to attempted murder, mayhem, and kidnapping. We're told that the men have retained a lawyer. And I'm, I'm done coining the story because it, it is intriguing, but at the same time, I mean, let's not start acting like Harvey Levin and all those other hipster douchebags at TMZ are with the Woodward and Bernstein of our eras. Uh... <laughs> Holy crap, that's that's something major, if it's true. Floyd better, uh, well, it's not that he better hope that it's not true, it's, he better hope that nothing comes out of this. Unfortunately, if it did happen, uh, he should be punished for it. You, you need something called concrete evidence that people are stealing your jewelry. And let's not forget, this is a guy who we've seen on video lots of times just claim that money is laying all around his house, that it's under the couch, the couch cushions, like, you know, you or I would find a bag of M&Ms. An empty bag of M&Ms, I would add. I mean, God help me if I find an empty, or a full bag of M&Ms, but whatever. Uh, it's also not good for him, it's not good for Showtime, because, I mean, they've got all this money invested in a guy, and now he's going to be going to jail, possibly, if this even goes to trial. But, 
I'd be shocked if it was just dropped and never heard from again. But then again, Floyd's a very rich guy, and rich people can buy people's silence. I mean, they can throw $5 million and say, shut the hell up, go away, and leave it like that. So, I'm going to be keeping a close eye on this story, see where it develops, and uh, hopefully we get some answers one way or another. We hope you enjoyed the latest edition of the Boxing for Free podcast. You can find us at www.boxingforfree.com, twitter.com slash boxingforfree, be like Eris Lara, Robert the Ghost Guerrero, Adonis Stevenson, and hundreds of others. Follow us on Twitter. You won't regret it. Go to youtube.com slash boxingforfree and facebook.com slash boxingforfree page. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Zoom, Podbean, and several other podcast directories. If you use iTunes, please give us feedback and a rating to let everyone know that the Boxing for Free podcast is your source for boxing news and commentary. I'm Andrew Schweitzer. Thank you for listening, and we hope you tune in next time.